I'm Peter. And I'm Felice. Welcome to our travel podcast. We're specialist travel writers and we've spent half a lifetime exploring every corner of the world. So we want to share with you some of our extraordinary experiences and the amazing people we've met along the way. This week, we're at one of the world's most unusual and fascinating places to stay. At first sight, it looks remarkably like a classic English country hotel, a mellow brick 1930s house with ivy-clad walls set in landscape gardens at the heart of 140 acres of rolling countryside. But once away from the manicured lawns, you might be forgiven for guessing that the trees and general terrain are not actually to be found in the Cotswolds, but somewhere considerably more exotic. And wait, what's that poking its head through my bedroom window? A giraffe? Am I dreaming? No, we're not in Oxfordshire. We're in Kenya at Giraffe Manor on the outskirts of Nairobi. It's been dubbed the most Instagrammed hotel in the world, and I can see why. At certain times of day, giraffes are everywhere, with heads popping up on balconies and at the breakfast table, helping themselves to your toast and cornflakes. I've travelled a lot over the years, but for me, Giraffe Manor is one of my most vivid memories, even more so than going on a safari where you don't actually get to touch any of the animals. Giraffes are so gorgeous, with their long eyelashes and beautiful colouring. We met up with Tony Levy, the hotel's assistant general manager. After eight years here, there's not much he doesn't know about these extraordinary creatures. Tony, welcome to Action Pack Travel Podcast. The biggest surprise for me was that their tongues are blue and feel really rough. They're very long, nearly half a metre. I certainly wasn't expecting that. But then, of course, they've got to deal with all those thorns. Did you get a kiss when you were here? I did. I got licked and I fed them by hand. So can you tell us a bit about giraffes to start with? Do you know how tall are they, roughly? Ed, who's our tallest giraffe, we reckon he's about 15 and a half, 16 feet tall. But he's the dominant male and he's about 10 and a half years old. Wow. And what do they eat mainly? So out of 140 acres that we have here, they eat all the foliage apart from, uh, it's known as a trumpet flower. I'm not so sure what the biological uh, name is, but that's because that's hallucinogenic. But everything else in the compound, they will eat. And the only reason why they come to us is because we'll feed them pellets. So pellets are corn, bran and molasses. So those tiny things that you fed them on when you came for breakfast, that's the only reason why they come to us. But there has to be a bit of a respect balance over there because... It all depends on how you face them. You know, if you do stand to the side, you can get an occasional good morning, you know, um, you're supposed to feed me and yeah. And how many giraffes do you have in all on site? So kindly at site, we have 12 giraffes on site. We have uh, Ed, who is a dominant male. We've got Betty, who's our matriarch. She's about 21 years old uh, or going on 21. We have Kelly, who's the one who's notoriously known for the head butter. She's named after Grass Kelly. She's about 19 going on 20. Then we do have other females. We've got Daisy, Salma, Stacy. We've got Ed. I think Salma is kind of older than Ed because she's about 11 years old. We also have five calves in place. Uh, so yeah, 12 on site. And how do you tell the difference? Can you, can you recognize them all? Yeah, so I've been here for eight years, so I can tell different coats, different uh, personalities. The ones that are a bit tricky for me right now would be the calves because the calves are varying from between maybe four months to about slightly over a year, but they're all over six feet tall. So just different coats. Their coats are like a, a fingerprint. Every giraffe has a different coat. And yeah, the characteristics is what makes them more noticeable, yeah. And how do they sleep? Do they sleep standing up? No. So they get down, um, but never put their necks down. Okay. But they will rest for about anywhere between half an hour to about an hour, an hour and a half tops. And then that's it. And they're constantly just eating. Maybe 95% of their lives are just constantly eating, yeah. Sounds like our Labrador, actually. (laughs) (laughs) 
And when they're in the wild, what are their main predators? You can get everything. Uh, the main predator would probably be a lion or big cats, but it would take a number of lions to try and attack a full-blown giraffe because when they're kicking the killer lion, so they will try and defend themselves. I think in most cases, when I, what I've seen in documentaries, they will try and attack a calf, especially when the calf has just been born. But yeah, it's, it's quite a risk for a big lion or a group of a private lions to try and attack a giraffe, yeah. Can you tell us a bit about Giraffe Manor? When did it become a sanctuary for giraffes? So basically, the whole program was started by a lady called Betty Melville, her and her husband, Jock Melville. And they kind of bought the property in the early 70s. When they bought the property, there was giraffe that used to come and eat the ficus, which is what grows on the side of the building or the main manor. Uh, Betty Melville did fall, in, did fall in love with the giraffe. And um, when she looked at the different plants of giraffe that we have on site or in Kenya, she found that the Rothschild were critically endangered. There was literally less than 100 of those in the whole of Kenya. So that's why she started the whole African Fund for Endangered Wildlife. Now, in 1974, they did start the African Fund for Endangered Wildlife, which is the Giraffe Conservation and Breeding Center. And in, uh, I think, mid-80s is when they made the house an exclusive hotel. So the first giraffe that was brought here was uh, Daisy. The giraffe was named Daisy. We have a room named after her right now. That being said, we now have Daisy the fourth, who is also a headbutter giraffe owner, which means there's other daisies in between. There's Daisy the second and Daisy the third. Second giraffe brought to us was uh, Marlon, and he was named after Marlon Brando, who is a very good friend of the Anderson family, which is Jock and Betty Mother's family. When was the house originally built? The house was originally built in 1932, and this was built by a gentleman called uh, Sir David Duncan, and uh, he had something to do with uh, the Macintosh family which is the whole trophy industry. Uh, he built it for his wife, reputably, apparently, because there's whether he has way better in Scotland. Just before independence, he did sell the property and moved to South Africa. So the house was kind of abandoned. Then it was bought by, I think, a few people in between, never really lived inside it. And then in 1974 or early 70s, Betty and Jock Melville did buy it. The house looks a little bit like it might have might be in England or Scotland yes, it's, it's, or somewhere like it's that. It's a Scottish hunting, hunting house. Yeah, it's a. Um, what do I say? It's more like a Coltsward manor house, but it's a Scottish hunting house. Yes. How do you get your giraffes? I mean, they obviously don't just wander in, do they? I mean, you, where do they come <laughs> no. from? So there's a whole logistical process which is involved through our conservation efforts, uh, the African Fund for Endangered Wildlife. KWS, which is a government entity. Um, so far, so good. In the HS of Benia, we have no giraffe that's been brought from outside, which means we actually a breeding program. So a lot of giraffe have been bought here, have been relocated back into the wild. The numbers to date would be about 64 giraffe that have been relocated since the whole program started in the early 70s. We just relocated three giraffe about three months ago, beginning of this year. Yeah, And they were taken to Eldred, which is about maybe 400 miles from here. So it's a long drive. So what's different about the Rothschilds from other giraffes? So the most important thing, so would be the pattern. So out of the three kinds of giraffe we have in uh, giraffe, one of the Rothschild has got a more, well, it's a very different pattern compared to the reticulate or Maasai giraffe, but they also are characterized as having the white stockings. So from the bottom of the knees, we have no patterns going right down, but also, which very noticeably you might not notice, that they have five ossicles. So you've got three quite visible ones, but right by the ears, you've got kind of two very invisible ones. So they're the only giraffe that have five ossicles. Every other giraffe has three. What are ossicles? I haven't heard of those before. So the ossicles would be like the horns that they have here. So you've got the male, you've got a predominant one over here, and you've got two ones here to make three, and then you've got two kind of really tiny ones by the ears at the back here to make five. Those are the ossicles, yeah. But And it's all just... How do you relocate them? 
there's a lot that goes into play and in coming into that. They usually put into a pen. We have a pen at the giraffe, not far from the giraffe center. They get to choose who they will be sending back into the wild or who they're going to relocate into the wild. There will be a truck that's brought over. They're loaded into the truck. But also important for you to know that the giraffe can only be taken standing. So it's a very slow, painstaking process. A lot of logistics are involved, you know, power lines coming quite low. Giraffe Manor became a hotel. When did that happen? The hotel was started in the early 80s by the Anderson family, which is Betty and Jock's family. It was a private hotel in 2009. It was sold and was actually not bought by the Safari Collection. So the Safari Collection now made a commercial hotel and now we've expanded from initially, I think, five rooms, six rooms now to a total of 12 altogether. So it's a very small boutique hotel, but it's divided into two manors where you've got the original manor from 1932 and then we've got a new addition that we added, also known as the Garden Manor, which was built just after 2010. How do the guests interact with the giraffes? I, I gather from pictures and things and that they, they actually look through the windows and put their heads through the windows upstairs. Is that right? That's correct. So we do have two feeding programs, two feeding times here at the giraffe manor. The most important one is five o'clock, which is where the, we have access for the guests outside the building with a small wall that separates the giraffe and the, well, the giraffe can climb over. What happens, you can take all your pictures, you can get all your kisses. We've got a swing now, we've got a famous swing on Instagram right now. So yeah, we've got the high tea experience, which is at five o'clock. And uh, we basically walk out the giraffe when I go to the wall, you can get to feed the giraffe. The sign giraffe, you can get to the side, you can get your giraffe kisses. You got the swing, which is very famous on Instagram now. Everybody likes to get giraffe pictures on the swing. But the second experience and the five o'clock experience is between five o'clock until about six, 6.15. The most important experience would be the breakfast experience. And that starts anytime from six in the morning to about eight, half past eight in the morning. Now those giraffe will have access around the building. So from your room, some of the rooms have giraffe access. You literally just crack your window open or just walk into your veranda. You can get to feed them the rooms that have pellets. Just give them one at a time. Come down uh, not too long after that. And you come into the different breakfast rooms, one in the garden, one one in the main one. we open the windows. They put their heads right inside. And uh, there's lots of pretense pictures where, you know, you've got people with their coffee cups. But never do you really have real coffee with the giraffe. It's a lot of saliva. I don't think it would be quite tasty. (laughs) And then eventually you do have your breakfast. Oh, it's a wonderful experience. And they're yes. such ge- they're really gentle creatures too. Yes, they are. It's one of those things you have to experience it yourself. No videos or pictures can do justice what happens at Giraffe Manor. It's for eight years, I'm still wild at the fact of what happens every morning. It's like living in a whole different world. And what is the hotel like inside? What is it like to stay there? The Safari Collection has basically kept it very with in tune with back in the day in the 1930s. So we've got very old furniture. We have no phones. Recently, we got a TV, which is in the library. So sometimes you get people want to watch like some, some special channels or some sports. But yeah, the rooms, are, most of the rooms are based on like really old locks, which you can lock on the inside. It's a 1932 setting. Yeah, very old yeah, setting. Can the guests wander outside with the giraffes outside or just through the windows? The only time we let guests wander aside with the giraffe will now be the high tea experience, which is at five o'clock. Uh, but mamas, you remember there's a small wall that sort of separates the giraffe from coming over the house so they can walk up to the wall and feed the giraffe. But the feeding times would be in the morning between six and about eight, half past eight, and then five o'clock, which has been between about five to about six, six fifteen. And then anytime between nine and 5 p.m., this same giraffe will be at the center. They keep Serious time. I mean, by 8.30, 9 o'clock, they'll start going back to the centre. 5 o'clock, they will come back for high tea. So, yeah, you go to bed. We ensure that we have to knock, knock on your door. We get you up at 6 in the morning because if they come around the building, they don't see you. They'll just move on. And if nobody's there, they'll just wander off. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
I remember when I was there seeing warthogs in the garden as well. Do you still have those? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. They are the cutest and funniest creatures, actually. They are known as our um, natural hoovers, and anything that falls down is what they'll pick up. We have a few that we do recognize, but the, the biggest thing about the warthogs is that because they borrow holes in and out of the compound, we can't keep track of who's who. So unfortunately, we've not named those guys, but yeah, we still have them around. Every time they follow the giraffe, they know food's going to fall down and they're opportunists. Yeah. Sounds like our dogs. <laughs> they do that. Our Labrador dog, he does that if he sees children. He knows food might be around and oh, they nice. might drop something. But do the giraffes and the warthogs get on together? Do they yes, ignore they do. each other or, or what? No, yes, they do. They get along very well. I guess with the giraffe being so tall and around, uh, you know, even though they're feeding, they've got their ears all as listening. The warthogs are right on the ground, so they will alert each other if there's a threat coming from somewhere else. They're a great team. It's entertainment for, for the guests for all ages, presumably, so small children yes. even right up, and obviously adults. Yes. I think the youngest guest we've ever had here is probably three months old. We've had all age brackets over here, and yes, it is uh, good fun for everybody, yes. And how many giraffes at a time do you get at, at feeding time? How many giraffes come up to the house, to the windows? At any one moment, we will get maybe a maximum of about five or six. The calves are still a bit shy. It gets them to about six, eight months before they can start approaching. You can try and feed them, but then because too much of the food can make them ill, so we do try and take it a step at a time. So the five calves right now are still just watching us from a distance, wondering what's going on while warming up to the whole idea. Who are these people trying to feed us? Yeah. At the moment, presumably, you have very few international guests. Fortunately for our part, we are quite busy with international guests, yes. Happily, we were the first hotel to open in June last year during COVID. The borders were closed uh, for succession of flights. But then when that opened on the 15th of August, we had the first international guests come in. You've been open ever since? Yes, sir. We've been open ever since, yeah. We are still practicing the whole social distancing with everything that's going on in, uh, with the pandemic in 2020. So far, so good. Everybody seems to respect the fact that everybody respects everybody's space. We take the feeling and the swing at a time at a time with different groups of guests. And so far, so good. Tell us more about the swing, because it wasn't there when I came, or at least I yes. didn't see it. So that was introduced by a general manager, Mary, which is probably about four years ago. And what happens is uh, right in front of the garden manor, we get kind of like the headbutters. So Kelly, Salma and Daisy, we keep them on that side and they just come to swing. So you can get to swing and kind of stretch out your hand and you can get to feed them. So do guests normally come for just one night or do they come for a whole week or does that vary? Majority of the guests based on availability of the giraffe manor would just be a night uh, because we're a start to a stop. So a lot of guests will come off international flights, spend one night here, they're going safari the next day. And sometimes at the end of their safari, just before they have to leave to go back home, hardly even in between, but usually it's just a night, especially in the high season. We do have guests who will book maybe multiple nights or maybe up to three nights, but that's very, very rare. Where do the guests come from mostly? 50% of all our bookings, mom, will be from the United States. Yeah, 50% will all be. I mean, five years ago, I think the country that probably gave the United States clients the biggest run was Australia. But yeah, 50%. Americans are our biggest, biggest fans. Canadians, sometimes Europeans. Now, the Danish author, Karen Blixen, wrote her yes, memoir, Out of Africa, in 1937. Um, and there's a room in the hotel named after her, isn't there? Yes, ma'am. And is that special in any way, that room? It has uh, the Karen Blixen suite, but it also has some furniture handed down by Karen Blixen herself. There's a dresser and there's also uh, a picture of her just before she went back to Denmark. And that was um, made into a film starring Meryl Streep and Robert Redford. 
The safari collection, which owns Giraffe Manor, has a lot to do with conservation, doesn't it? For the Giraffe Manor, we are in touch with our conservation manager, Max Boyd, and through that we've got the Giraffe Conservation Fund, and we also have very close relationships with the African Fund for Endangered Wildlife. Have any funny things happened with the giraffes while you've been there? Funny things with the giraffe? No, ma'am. We just uh, we seized the moment. Funny things with some of the guests with the giraffe? Possibly. Uh, some close calls with giraffes? Yes. The most important thing is when people don't pay attention, then you can get the occasional bump. But yeah, the giraffe are pretty beautiful animals. As long as you feed them and you respect their space, everything will go well. The one thing I've learned about giraffe one is you just always be alert and, and give them the space and everything will be good. Tell us a little bit about where Giraffe Manor is in relation to Nairobi. So we are on the outskirts of uh, Nairobi City. We're actually in a place called Langata, which is a suburb of Nairobi, but it's a smaller area known as Hadi. So it's literally, I'd say we're a 15-minute drive from uh, the Cambrixi Museum. So it's a bit quieter, uh, less traffic than in the city. That's very, very important. And we're at the edge, so through the... International Airport will probably take you off peak hours, maybe 30, 40 minutes to arrive to us. The most important website to book through the Giraffe Manor would be the safaricollection.com. Have any other animals ever managed to get in or get to the giraffe in the gardens? In the time they've been here so far, so good. I mean, we do have a fence that protects uh, all the giraffe, uh, and that's uh, around the Giraffe Manor Giraffe Centre into the sanctuary. And we do have lots of guards who patrol and see, but uh, we do have the giraffe, the warthogs, and maybe some bushback. There's uh, two very shy bushback that you see them jumping around every so often after, after a while. But yeah, it's as good as you get. No wild animals so far, so good. But that being said, it's 140 acres, so you may get cases of wild animals coming in. That's why it's important we keep guests by the house. You can get leopards, which are expert climbers. So, I mean, I'll touch with that. I haven't seen a leopard around giraffe, and I hope it's not going to happen anytime soon. But yeah. Mm-hmm. You have the most unusual job. I think in the whole of the world, that's for sure. Tony Levy, thank you very much indeed for appearing on the show. And we wish you that you and Giraffe Manor the very best of luck for the future. Thank you so much, Peter. Thank you so much, Felice. Have a great day. Um, well, great evening. I don't know what time it is over there. Stay safe. Keep smiling. And we hope to host you very soon. That's all for now. If you've enjoyed the show, please visit our website, actionpacktravel.com or you can subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or any of the many podcast platforms. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We'd love you to sign up for our regular emails too, at peter at actionpacktravel.com. Until next week, stay safe.